This is Ion Health, delving into your overall well-being. With MedLab Middle East. On Dubai Eye 103.8. I'm Helen Farmer. Fantastic to have you joining us on Dubai Eye 103.8. We have our Eye on Health again this week in association with MedLab Middle East. And we're discussing the future of laboratories. Of course, so many of us not really understanding what happens behind the scenes. What actually does happen to our PCR sample and what's been happening over the last couple of weeks? Our next guest is Shirley Luciab. She's a lab manager at King's College Hospital London and she's explaining some of the common issues faced in labs right here in the UAE, but also internationally. Shirley, I really want to thank you, first of all, for making time to talk to us because... I know the last few years have been incredibly busy for you as a lab manager, but I understand the last week or so has been particularly hectic for everyone at King's College Hospital. Pretty much. How are you getting on? How are the stress levels? Thank God. I think the last four days or one week has been really very busy for everyone. Everybody really stepped up and made sure that things are working well from the process perspective, not to you know, disappoint patients, but also to make sure that everyone gets the results in time. So I think it's because of the uh, the surges, basically because of the tourists coming in to celebrate our Christmas and New Year's Eve. And at the same time, schools going opening back and they really needed their PCR. So uh, day in and day out, really, everybody's working their best to make sure that we are able to meet the expectations. Well, as I said, thank you for sparing a few minutes for us today on Ion Health. What, what, um, what was your job like pre-pandemic as a as a lab manager? Because I know it must feel like an awful long time ago, but <laughs> before we even knew the words COVID nineteen, what was your day to day like? Oh, it was basically I was working as a quality officer in one of the hospital, and it was pretty much all prearranged. Like there's nothing like you know like this. Before everything is planned ahead, you know what to do on your day. This time around, you go into a certain situation where you never expected and you just know what to do. For some reason, I think people were just wired to just be adapt- adapting to this kind of situation for some reason. Mm-hmm. And I think everybody has adjusted so much and they were stretched pretty much onto their day-to-day lives. But I think it's a human nature that people really helps each other. And you really step up not to be on your own, but to really help each one. Say your neighbors will be, are all okay. Your family back home are okay. And on top of that, you are surviving at the same time. And that's a good message actually to everyone else, not only in the healthcare industry, but everyone around the globe. And I know there's been huge adjustments in terms of healthcare as well. We've just been um, speaking to someone who's been in the industry for 40 years and, you know, we might see a pandemic perhaps once in that time, but we've had SARS and now we have obviously COVID-19 and the technology, the training that's had to be done in order to keep up the demand of testing. What's the day to day? What's the day like for you now um, at one of the, you know, the most popular hospitals in Dubai when so many people are looking for their test results? How, what kind of hours and, and crazy levels are we talking about? In terms of manpower, uh, this is something that we are really challenged with. Even those people who are testing are getting COVID and they need to be isolated. And there was a point in, in our time in, in this past few weeks wherein I, we've had around nine people who tested positive in a laboratory setting. So you can just imagine how that thing really impacted the whole delay without really having to delay the turnaround time of all the tests results. Mm-hmm. But 
again, there is a nature in the community and even in our place where people really help people. And the management really been very supportive with us. And we request manpower, we request total adjustment in terms of our IT support so that every single communication is not skewed from the process of pre-analytical collection of the specimen down to testing itself up to the receiving or up to the releasing of the results to the patients. Everybody is facing the same challenge, but I think the good thing about this time is, uh, is like people are really able to help out and step up, even if they haven't done that before. Mm -hmm. The quick training, the quick um, hard to help is something that has been developed over the last 18 months where we are all in pandemic. People understand what is the problem immediately when you say, I need help people really step up. Even those people who never had an experience, I need to be trained, I need to be put in this. It's not, it's no longer difficult to ask help. And I think the key word there is ask help and mm -hmm. people will really definitely step in. And this is where from the perspective of our operation wise, not to disappoint our patients and even from other departments are really helping us out and really our management in terms of that are even keeping up and calling us up. How are you doing? Is everything okay? From all sorts of level of um, operations That's so it. It is that about, I think itself is the best thing it's about pulling together in, in all, as you say all aspects of community but also um, in the workplace as well and I, I know this is like a strange question because this is what you do every single day as the lab manager but can you explain the process of the testing from a patient point of view could you walk us through it and let's pretend I'm in my car I go to your drive through centre at the Dubai Hills Hospital. What then happens? Can you explain where that sample goes? So basically, a patient goes through the drive through They get to be given a link to sign on so they can do the online registration. We prevent paper as much as possible to avoid contacts. So they register, they enter their Emirates ID, all the clear information, is, um, is, um, especially from the beginning of your address, your, even if you are in a visitor, you need to have your um, um, location where you are located. And you put all the information that is there in the questionnaires. It is a, quite a lengthy questionnaires, but they are the data that we needed to communicate to the government. Because this is how our, our government has been controlling the, um, the spread of the disease. If somebody gets tested positive, we need to contain them immediately. Mm -hmm. So this information basically goes through our center or to our system and they come and register and then be billed and they swab immediately. There's a long queue, but <laughs> around three, four hours waiting time is, I think, somehow I encourage people to go via drive through because you're safe. You don't have to step out from your car and go to the hospital because some people are a little bit finicky about that. So by then you get swab, you go home and we tell them that the turnaround time is up to 24 hours. Now, this is from the testing perspective. The moment of the turn, the, the, the start of the turnaround time is from the time we collected the swab up to the completion or releasing the results. So you get an SMS and or email according to the number or the information that you have entered into your uh, online registration. And then it comes to the laboratory. They are all temperature controlled. Uh, it's just around five minutes from our drive-through. Our porter gets to be in uh, picking up with a controlled uh, box and it goes into the laboratory. From the laboratory perspective, we have our wonderful team who works day in and day out, accessioning them, making sure that the data, all the labels are correct and names are correct and they are in a good temperature controlled uh, boxes. 
And when they get to the laboratory, we have an amazing people who are arranging them to do on a batch testing because this is a search that we don't test one by one anymore, but instead we put them on a first come first serve basis and they are put into the extraction machine and we go to the master mix and then we go to the amplification or the PCR. And it goes as uh, we enter the, 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 the testing is done, we release them and it flows immediately to the SMS to the mobile of the patient in our email. These are all the with the help of our IT solutions where every single integration is done from our platform machine goes to the DHA portal so that even their DHA in Al Hussein app gets updated in time. So synced. these are actually an amazing um, combination of automation and at the same time, IT solutions. And this really helps our team or even our community to get the results in time. Can we talk about results? You talked about batch testing there. And let's say worst case scenario amongst that batch, there is, a, is one positive. How, the, how do you then separate and determine who that person who's going to get that positive SMS is? We have a system in place where we get to see altogether the results. I mean, the, the machines are defined, designed to analyze there are rules set we call it like in SEMA guidelines that the DHS provided us we follow the protocols that they give us so the DHA has been very helpful with us to help us in in give us some protocols on how we interpret them so the interpretation lies into all of the rules and protocols that we set into our machine so altogether the positive or the negative detected or not detected are all released altogether according to the rules according to the manufacturer guidelines that we have been following these are all tests the testings are all validated making sure that they are actually um, um, done in a very uh, good quality way we actually do our external quality testing we compare our our labs our lab results to our peers globally not only locally with the DHN even locally and even globally. We call them proficiency testing or external quality control. So this has been developed over the course of months and we're confident that our test kits are well verified, validated and up to the gold standard of testing because PCR test is the gold standard for testing. Can we talk about you know what you think might happen in a world, I'm saying crossing my fingers, post-pandemic? Where do you feel that the lab role can be in terms of mitigating emerging infectious diseases? I think we have learned so much. And the world has you know gone through a crazy situation, but we also came up to a solution where there was a solution given, immediate training was given to the people, available solutions were there, machines were there, kits were there, and how to interpret them were there. We're actually like the science has somehow gone above and beyond to mitigate this crisis. So I think with this thing in mind, who knows three years ago that we are actually going to have this kind of situation. We never had to have this kind of situation before. So I think we are well prepared at this time in terms of the emerging infectious disease in the future. What this is kind of training ground. <laughs> it is. And we spoke earlier about how there could be a really positive legacy for the pandemic that, you know, we, are, we have got people who are trained. We've got public who are comfortable and confident when it comes to testing. And then, of course, we've got laboratories, which, as you say, are offering that gold standard. We're a lot more prepared should this happen again. Um, what about things you'd like to see in a laboratory of the future, Shirley? What if you could, ha- you know, wave a magic wand? What would you like to see in place to promote? 
promote more safety and health of society? I think laboratory has done such a great job in mitigating the crisis. And patients right now in this generation are well informed. They can just easily Google them and know exactly what they want. So I imagine a lab that is so customized, that is so patient-centered, that anytime a patient can just walk in and get tested according to probable symptoms that they have, and they get to have uh, the advice from the lab doctors itself and get to be probably given an advice to go to a certain specialist. Mm -hmm. Because I think one of the limiting factor here is that some patients doesn't necessarily come to the laboratory because of uh, they're fearful about what can come. I think education, making sure that people are actually able to understand why they need to get tested so that you actually get to be taken care of immediately. Mm. Sometimes people are so afraid. And I think that kind of mentality has somehow changed a little bit. People are now when I have the symptoms, I need to get tested. Before, no, nah, this is not something bad. Before you even get tested, it's already worse. Mm-hmm. So I imagine a laboratory to be really um, patient-centered wise, and you can just go ahead and discuss yourself with the lab people at the same time and be given an advice immediately. And in a way, in a, with the use of the AI solutions, with the use of information uh, technology and the total automation process, it becomes more like a process of like like an iPhone. Who knows that you're able to get your BP and or um, heart rate through the use of phone? Anyone can do this thing. They say at the same time, we can use such. Uh, when you walk into a laboratory, you just enlist all your symptoms, and you get to be have a suggestion which test are you going to test, and you can get the results in time with the proper advice. Telemedicine is up and running at the moment which five years ago, this was probably a little bit of hesitation that Mm -hmm. we don't necessarily go and call a person or doctor and get advice for what we have to do. We can utilize all the technology that we have available at the moment and make sure that the safety and quality of lives of patients are actually addressed. It sounds like you're talking about real ownership of patient data, that we need to empower ourselves to, you know, really tune into our symptoms, whether that is through a wearable or a phone or you know a constant dialogue with ourselves and with our physicians because you're absolutely right i think we have just become a lot more well testing's become more normalized we 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 look on our phone and we know how many steps we've done we know what our heart rate is like we know what our resting heart rate should be after exercise and in the future we know we can extend that to just about anything you know looking at our dna and doing personalized medicine for example or preventative tests as well and is you know the the technology and the training in the lab that's going to enable us to actually take positive action and prevent things rather than just treat them as well so i hope that's the case as well i i you know i i truly do what are some of the common issues that um you and your team face in the lab currently well um I should say there are still errors that we are faced at. And it's been said that at least 70% of today's medical decision, they depend in laboratory. So in that kind of mentality, there are still around pre-analytical errors of 70% that probably up until now, it's been there since the last 20, 30 years. But because of the variability of processes, complexities happening in the pre-analytical testing, these are not at least as yet 
well standardized. Mm -hmm. So I should say most of the common issues, which pretty much the same around the world, is the pre-analytical ones, which we need to probably looking forward to automate in the near future. Automation in terms of not just blood collection, but in terms of collecting other different samples. You know, we can venture out testing probably even here, even any types of whatever it is in your body that can be tested. Because 20 years ago, I could just, I was just thinking only about just testing blood for anything. But right now you can pretty much test anything, any body fluids in your body. You can see even the DNA can be checked immediately, not only through the, 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 the blood. So having said that, we are looking forward of improving all the errors by having a total testing process improved from the pre-analytical probably we can use um, automation there at the same time or use of other other um, samples not just blood so that the fear of collection or needles will be prevented mm -hmm. and in the testing process probably we can engage rapid testing rapid testing or even use of of, of you know quick test machines and right now there's so many technological advancement that is happening and for the last 18 months, I believe, I kid you not, there's so many solutions that has come up. And I think this is a good thing at the same time because we're able to cope up with the pandemic. Absolutely. And on the, the post-analytical phase, probably integration of artificial intelligence will be there. So from the pre-analytical phase to analytical phase to post-analytical phase, everything is totally aligned and it will give a good quality and a good um, turnaround time to the patients because we are now in a generation of instant generation where pretty much people wanted everything now. That's right. I give you the specimen right now. I need it in one minute. Mm -hmm. It's it's something like probably people right now are wired off and we need to make sure that we're actually keeping up with that in order to maintain the life of people and have a good and uh, you know um, expectations. I couldn't agree more. Our attention spans getting getting shorter and our demands are getting greater. Um, lastly, Shirley, I, I wondered if you could maybe give yourself some advice. If you were to, to speak to Shirley of two years ago, just when we started hearing about coronavirus, COVID-19, what would you say to yourself as, as a lab manager on the brink of a pandemic? I think that's the most important thing. Sometimes we are wired the most difficult thing in life is change, I think. But that is a constant um, event in life. Anytime, there will always be something. Yesterday, way before the pandemic, before the new year, I was thinking at least the, the, the pandemic is supposed to be like subsiding as I enter 2022. But <laughs> it was the other way around. Right. I myself contracted COVID and I had to go through the process and I understood it so well. And I think, wow, this is something like you need to be flexible your perspective changes as well and you get to be an inspiration to people around you mm -hmm. it's not about your role but it's just about probably how you encourage people around you to you know not be very fear fear fearful about stuff because mm -hmm. it created so much fear in all people's heart but as you go through that journey you actually learn something and you become that person that would actually inspire the team and encourage them more to to be the better version of themselves and be flexible at the same time. 
Absolutely. Embrace the uncertainty. Put trust in the professionals such as yourselves. And uh, as I said, thank you so much for your time today. I know it's, uh, I was going to say, a testing time, but I mean that frig- figuratively and literally, especially uh, especially with those cues in mind. So ad- advice for people who are looking to get tested over the weekend. The cues are longer than that. Make sure you've been to the toilet before you get in your car. Stay positive, test negative. Shirley, thank you so much for your time. All the best to you and everyone at King's. This is Ion Health, delving into your overall well-being. With MedLab Middle East. On Dubai Eye 103.8.